Who brought their, their journal today? Okay, we're, we're improving. Amen. Some of you have phone journals. Hallelujah. But we spoke about the art of writing things down. Um, I spoke about mental clarity and clutter. And I essentially said that the reason why some of us can't really hear clearly is because our mind is cluttered with so many things. Uh, and the statement was the clarity that we're looking for or our ability to hear God clearly is found in the journaling, in the writing that we aren't doing. Uh, and we spoke about Romans chapter 8 where we spoke about, you know, whoever sets their minds on the things of the flesh reaps death. Those who put their minds on the things of the spirit reap life and peace. Uh, and essentially what that looks like practically is that giving God attention is what it looks like being led by the spirit. That being led by the spirit ain't about how long you pray in the spirit, i.e. tongues. It's about how much of your day has God got your attention. He spoke about many things in this world are after your attention. And whatever has your attention will become your meditation. So we're always meditating. It's just whether it's on the word or on other things. And then we spoke about having a time and a place to sit, which we've done today, and to still yourself before the Lord and to write down what he tells you. And we spoke that this act should be done by faith, meaning you believe um, and you expect God to speak to you. And whatever you hear, whether you think it's him or not, by faith, you're writing it down. Amen? So today, we're going to link meditating on the words to digging deep into the words. So we're going to Luke chapter 6. I'm not going to be with you long. Father, um, open our eyes today. Um, may you speak a word in season. May our hearts be open to receive it. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 6. 46 to 49. So the fast is according to thy word. So we're going to be fixating on the word in this message today. Um, Jesus is about his father's business, doing miracles, preaching the gospel, having a good time, eating at people's houses and all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, there's a part in the story where people are like, oh, your mother's calling you, this and that. And so that's why I said, he's like, look, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do the things which I say. He was responding to people who say they follow him, uh, they hear what he says, but they don't do what he says. So he's asking them, why are you calling me Lord, Lord? And then he describes what it looks like to hear and obey. Verse 47, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he or she is like. Verse 48. He is like a man building a house who dug deep 
and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream be vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock or another translation would say it was well built. Then he describes the person who hears but does nothing. 49. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat the house. And immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was very great. This parable always intrigues me because I always used to read it as the person who built the house was the doer, but both of them built houses. Yeah? So it's possible to follow Jesus and do your own thing. And it looks like what you're doing is godly. But there comes a day when the flood comes. And the proof of who did the word is how it responds to when it shakes. So Jesus ain't promising that if you do what I say, you ain't going to go through stuff. But you will still stand. You guys follow me? They both built houses. I don't know what house he was building, but he probably heard what he, Jesus said and basically did what he thought Jesus said. Still built a house. And the house immediately fell. I want you to look at this picture and look at your life and look at areas of your life where your immediate response is to fall away or to ignore, or to be like God. Because this picture here isn't just about your life as singular, but areas of your life. That maybe, like the man who did the word, you ain't dug deep enough. You ain't really surrendered this area on the rock. And therefore, it's a key area the enemy can come and tug, and stuff begins to fall down. You guys follow me? So, as a believer in the kingdom of God, as a Christian, as a Christ-like follower, um, being deep means obeying God. You know, sometimes we think the deep people are the people that sound spiritual, you know, do spiritual things, you know, you can be, you can be highly gifted, you know, you know, prophesy, amen, raise the dead, heal the sick, and God still say, I don't know you. Workers of lawlessness. Your depth in God 
It's not how you look to others. That's why he built that picture of a house. It's whether or not did you do what God said. And this obedience thing is very personal. The picture of, go back to Luke 6, of the flood coming speaks of seasons. So I've got a habit in my life where every new month God has to speak to me about this month. And I encourage you all to do the same. You don't want to enter a season of life without a word from God. Why? Because the flood's coming. And I need to stand. You guys following me here, yeah? So, when I say this obedience is personal, is that if you're just living life doing your own thing, anything and everything will move you. But if you live life according to God's word, you will be even ahead of time of what's coming and prepared to deal with it. You see, life with God is about responding God's way. It's not a life free from trials and tribulations. In fact, Paul said there are many trials and tribulations. I'm echoing this because, you know, we're, we're entering into a season of life where, you know, things are about to get interesting. Touch the and say interesting. And we can't live life according to the chatter on Sky News or the culture or what the world is saying. If there was a time to hear God, it's now. So when we're digging into this fast and we're going to do what God says, I want us to dig deep. I want us to dig deep. When we dig deep, guys, you're going to find something called the rock. And by the way, this rock, his name is Jesus. You know, in that Romans 8 scripture, it spoke about those that give God their attention, they realize that God was always there. What God is doing when, he, when you obey is that you're accessing the, what do I call it? The riches of glory. The eternal power that's within you for those who believe. This is Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. And he's trying to say, if you want to see my word work in your life, you need to work the word. You guys follow me here? It's not enough to come here on Sunday, unfortunately. I have to come on Sunday to hear a word to practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Amen? No shots, fingers, an off-time Christian. Amen? So that means when we dig deep, God is trying to show us that, beloved, you have capacity for what I've called you to. This is so crucial. Like, when we hear prophecies, let's be honest, when we hear some words, you know, from our, our blessed prophecies, and sometimes, you know, they're not what we see right now, all right? She's speaking some distant future stuff, or, you know, some of us just think, yeah, that's nice, but she's trying to show you how God sees you. She's trying to wake up that giant in you that's sleeping. 
trying to woo that child that's hiding beneath the, the serpent and say, listen, son, daughter, you're this, you're that. So when God says, dig deep, God is saying, hey, there's something more about you, my friend. There's something more to you, Malachi. Charlotte, there's more. And this more can only be accessed by the rock. Sometimes digging deep means doing God's word for one month, two months, three months, four months, five months. Man can't see no results, y'all. Six months, seven months, nine months. Any witnesses in the building? No results. And let's be honest, sometimes says, don't go weary in what? Well, do it. The word has an appointed time. If we faint not. That's why our faith, which is obedience to the word, has to be coupled with patience. Do you know how long it takes for them to build foundations when building these buildings? It takes time. It takes time. This fast, take time with God. I've realized that when I claim a season of my life as disappointment, it's because I'm misjudging the experience according to how I see it versus how God sees it. Look, guys, if you were with me nine years ago, what I'm doing now, you would think I'm a madman. When my wife and I went through our, our church hurt madness thing, you know, the last thing we thought is that we will be leading the church <laughs> nine years later. But we found purpose in pain. We chose to process what we felt with the truth. We chose not to process what we were going through with people who had the same offense of us. Blind can't lead blind. It was a choice. Hard choice. I was gone off the rails for three months. It was hard time, but it was a choice. You guys following me here? At that time, the pain was mad, but I can look back and say, thank God for pain. Why? I found purpose. You find purpose in pain. You find purpose in it not working out when you choose to understand your God is a redeemer. A redeemer. Meaning he takes what is good, bad, and ugly and makes it into something beautiful. You guys follow me? So there is a capacity in you for more. And when you dig deep in this fast, God's going to show you something about yourself. You're going to come out of this fast a giant slayer. Thank you, Tambo. You're going to come out of this fast a giant slayer.
Um, you can go to God like likens obedience, Iman. Can I get time, please, as well? So, when Jesus speaks parables to us, he's painting a picture. Um, the picture we see in Luke chapter 6 is that obedience is building a house. Now I find it interesting because New Testament theology says that God's temple is not built with hands, but it's now our bodies. So when we're obeying the word, what we're seeing is that God is chiseling us, fortifying us, conforming us, molding us into his image. He's building a dwelling place for him and you to dwell in communion. You see, when we talk about being close to God, you know, all of you right now are as close to God as you want to be. And all of you right now are as close to God as you can be. What am I saying? The difference is that God is in you. The issue is, are you aware of him? You see, when the Bible says, draw near in English, you know, you know if we go to the meaty Hebrew, what he's saying is just turn aside. When you go to the Bible, um, Moses, when he encounters God, the Bible says that Moses turned aside to see the wonder of the fire and the tree. And then God spoke to him because he saw that Moses was giving him attention. So when the Bible says draw near, it's not because you're far, it's because your attention is somewhere else. You guys following me? So when I say you're as close to God as you want to be, it's about whether or not you're going to engage and give God that awareness. Thank you, Liz. So when God paints a picture of a house, you, you will not ever experience the full beauty of a house unless you go into the house and spend time in a house. You know, go into the kitchen, living room, bedroom. That, my uncle's got a house in Chicago. It's like three houses in one house. Took me and Susan a whole day to, to scout the house. We're like, wow, what a house. From the outside, it looks beautiful, but I got to experience the pleasure of it by going inside. You see, the Bible says wisdom builds a house. The Bible says understanding establishes it. The Bible says knowledge fills the room. Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our understanding. Christ is our knowledge. When we're building this house, God is building us into a full, mature son and daughter. He called the man who built the house a wise builder. The wisdom we're looking for to see a difference in our lives is found 
in obedience to the word that God speaks to us. I want to rein this in. This wisdom, a more common word to say is, what's your word for this season? Is life happening to you or are you happening to life? How are you engaging your days? That's what it looks like to build a house. What are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know where you're going? There was a time in my life where I was a wanderer. The wind blew me left to and fro. And I realized that it was always coupled in times of deep depression and disappointment. Hope deferred makes the what? The heart sick. And in those times, let's be real, we don't want to hear a word. Hallelujah. That's why I find it interesting that this word house, when you go a bit deeper, actually means family. So doing the words, as my wife is trying to echo today, is not in isolation. Two is better than one. If one falls down, another can do what? So, when we call him Lord, Lord, when we hear his word, when we do his word, God is building me. But not only is he building me, he's building us. I'm coming into a family. I'm coming into a, a vision. I'm coming into a purpose. I'm coming to a place of being settled. I'm coming to a place of belonging. I'm coming to a place where I get to see what our father is going to do with us. So I want this fast to bring a sense of urgency for unity. I want this fast to bring a sense of urgency that this obedience to the word is not something I can do on my own. I need my bro and my sis. You guys follow me, yeah? What would A&T look like if all of us just chose to obey God? Only God knows. What would it look like? Only God knows. And our obedience to God is not some scaremonger, you go to hell if you don't. It, it, it's, it's about we've been invited into a discovery, into an adventure. Like God became man and he died. That's how serious he took getting close to you. And he's just asking us, would you come? That's what he's asking, you know. The purity, the right thinking, whatever you're going through, he says, I will make you clean. But what I need you to do is come. And when we respond to that, that is an act of obedience, beloved. Next slide, man of God, please. I'm going to end here. 
when we respond to God, that is an act of obedience. When he says, I have loved you as the Father has loved me, remain in my love. This wasn't a suggestion, wasn't counsel, wasn't even, you know, it was an instruction, beloved. I have loved every single one of you as I have loved my own son. I need you to remain in that. So God doesn't want you to just to see his house and walk past. He wants you to come inside. He then tells us, if, if you keep my command, what was the command? Remain in my love. You will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I put down here plainly, obedience keeps what God freely gives. It doesn't mean God took it away. It doesn't mean that he left us. It means that when we choose not to respond, heed the instruction, we don't remain, so i.e. we left. Jesus says, if you remain, if you remain in my love, you will keep my commandments. So the motivation for this obedience thing, guys, is the love of God. So I want to close here with this let your prayer your yearning your desire that you would dig deep into the love of God that this fast is not punishment it's not inconvenience it's, 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 it's what the Bible describes as us choosing to draw near we're reordering our priorities we're not allowing our body to dictate to us what to do we're making the choice to follow after God trust me any other motivation behind obedience outside of love will not last When I said the Father loves me, I am not forgotten. He knows my name. It's not that you don't know these things. It's whether you believe these things. And if you believe, then you will act. Amen. I look for us to raise our hands. If we go to John chapter 8. I'm just going to pray this word over you guys. But I pray today you was encouraged, enlightened by the word of truth. I've got a declaration over this house. It is time to become disciples.
Jesus said to those who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, like, it's one thing to experience freedom. It's another thing to live in it. And the Bible paints a picture that the difference is when we choose to abide in the word. And Father, I decree over every individual in this place, your word will become our resting place. Your word will become our resting place. My God, your word will become our resting place. Lord, help me to desire your word. Help me to desire prayer. Lord, in this fast, I'm asking that you recapitulate our desires, our longings. That, Lord, you will shift appetites in this room in the name of Jesus. I address the area of freedom and I decree this fast. We put an end to part-time freedom. And we decree and declare that we shall know the truth. And the truth will not set us, but make us free. That this freedom we have will not just be an experience of counter. It will be a state of living. Father, we thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's time to dig deep.